1: Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, June 16th, and you know what we do on Fridays. We fight, right? Not amongst ourselves, of course, right? We talk about the UFC card tomorrow, Saturday, uh, in the Apex, I believe, right? Normal, normal time, I think, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock start time, Eastern, 7 o'clock at night, so you got plenty of time during the day to make your lineups, but we're not fighting. We never fight. I don't think we, I, we rarely fight in the YouTube chat. We always have nice people here. Wata's Dfic Mike Ostry, Jay Simmons, Bart B. Good morning. Good morning. Hit the thummy thumbs. Come on. It's required. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really required, but I'm, I want to make it sound like it's required, right? Please, please do it. Do it. It helps us out. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, Does it matter if it helps you out? Whatever. I'm asking for it. Do it anyway. Accidentally hit it. It doesn't matter to us. Uh, this is some some free content. I think this is the, the only uh, free uh, MMA content that we do here at Roto Grinders. If you want the, the ground and pound podcast that should come out today, Mike and Liam breaking down the fights. If you want our projections, ownership, expert survey, everything for MMA, just get a combo premium subscription Two Roto Grinders. You'll get that. You'll get PGA. You'll get MLB. You'll get, well, eventually back NBA, NFL, college sports. That'll be coming back soon. Soccer, right? International soccer and from Premier League when that comes back in August. You get everything. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Get all that content. So for this UFC card, I tweeted this yesterday, right? I was looking forward. I was looking forward to this card, to this slate, right? 14 fights. Finally, right? We've had all these slates, dropouts and whatever, 11 fights. Like, oh, okay, I want something where, you know, there's a lot more combinations available to build lineups that are, that, are, if not unique, at least under five dupes. 14 fights. Okay, we got it. And we, you know, we'd, some of the spreads are, you know, within two to one. They're not like ridiculous favorites. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. UFC. No, they can't. They can't give us anything nice. They can never give us anything nice, All right? So two fights dropped out yesterday. We had the the Ronnie Barcelos Miles John John's fight. That's gone. That's gone. Uh, and then uh, then the uh, the Zuma Gulov uh, whatever fight. Who's he fighting? Uh, the Bunes, Bunes, uh, Buna, he, 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 I think he's getting, getting uh, pegged for some drug violation or something. You saw it or something, whatever, some test did come back. So he's done right. And Zuma Gulov, like in the past, like two years, is like his opponent has dropped out. Like it seems like eight times, anytime that he schedules a fight. So that fight, he, he got a replacement, but that fight's going to be on next week's card, which I'd rather him on this card. Cause typically I, I fade Zuma Gulov fights because. They tend to go to decision and they tend to be a little bit slower, so we don't get that. So now we're down. We're down to twelve fights. Oh well. Okay, I guess it's better than eleven. Definitely better than nine or ten, but still, it's like, oh, I want, I want fifteen fights. Give me fifteen fights. Schedule, schedule forty of them. I don't care, so that we get fifteen by the end. But now it doesn't happen. So twelve fights. So I guess it's a mid-sized card, right? It's not that. It's not small, small. It's not large, large, but it's midsize. So what we always talk about here every Friday when it comes to MMA, right? Since there are limited options in MMA and you're playing large field GPPs, I mean, one of the the primary priorities is is being less duplicated, right? And it's much more likely that the winning lineup is also going to be the nut lineup. Not always, but most likely going to be the nut lineup, the best possible combination of fighters. And how do we determine the probability, how that probability leans on what the nut lineup will look like? The two contextual variables. We talk about this every week. Hope you tune in, right? Subscribe if you're new here. The two contextual variables are the size of the slate and the spreads of the fights. Okay, size of the slate, 12. Okay, mid, mid, okay, mid-range. If this, If the slate's very big, Finishing ability, sealing ability, especially for underdogs, is much more important, right? When you have 15 fights, 30 fighters, you know, some underdog putting up like 86 points in a win. Well, there's going to be a lot of fighters that are, are available to beat that score. Just lower the amount of fights, you know, with that nine fights, like just simply winning a fight, you know, it could be optimal, right? Could be in the nut lineup. So we're in like this little mid zone, 12. So, yeah, especially for underdogs, you know, you want to probably weigh ceiling, I would say normally, right? Right. Could you take a Gabriela Fernandez win? Could that be optimal? But Maybe on a slate where not many of the dogs win at all. But I don't even think it's that slate. And that's why we look at the spreads of the fights, right? Because the DraftKings will price the fights pretty much similarly, like every week, based on the money line. Right. The higher the money line, the higher the salary, the lower the money line, the lower the salary. Uh, and that's and they're just going to do it in order, even if the differences between the money lines isn't that dramatic. Right. So we see some slates where where the ninety $9, two hundred dollar fighter is, is minus one eighty five. Right. Like it's not that that not even a two to one favorite. And then we see some cards where there's so many big favorites that the eighty five hundred dollar fighter is minus two thirty five. Right, it's like okay, there's, there's not most of these favorites are gonna win probabilistically, so on this slate, it's 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 a weird little mix of both, right? We, I mean, essentially most of these fights are under two to ones or two to ones or less. Like Salikov and Sabatini are two to ones. Costa's a little bit more than that, right? Blade is a little bit more than two to one, and then we have the humongous favorite Armin Sarukian at ninety eight hundred, who's a minus one thousand favorite. Right. 91% win probability. Okay. So it's like a little bit of a mix, but he's 9,800. So it's not just a matter of him winning. It's a, is he, does he put up enough points that in order to fit him into lineups, that he ends up being in the nut lineup? It's quite possible Sarukian could put up 110 points and not make the optimal lineup. Right. Still make a good lineup, but not, not the nut lineup. So to me, that's the consideration with his price tag at 9,800. But other than that, I mean we have like Bokasskiz minus 187, Torres minus 180 at 8900, Ronnie Lawrence 8700 minus 190. Canones is minus 135 and he's 8800. So it's like the kind of once you once you get once you get down here, these fights are a little a little bit closer than maybe the price tag suggests. So when it comes to the spreads of the fights, the closer the fights are, right? more of the fights are the less and less uh salary those types of lineups become a little bit closer to if you spend 50k in salary because obviously the more salary you spend the more win probability you typically get because that's how draft kings you know prices prices fighters of course not the method of victory or how well they score but whether or not they'll win the fight so if there's a lot of close matchups and they're still pricing them at like 97200, it's much more viable that the $7,200 fighter wins. And maybe a lineup that leaves 2000 on the table ends up being the nut lineup. Three underdogs win four underdogs win and two or three of them win big over a hundred points. Like that's when you have nut lineup 47, two or something, but on slates where like you don't see many underdogs winning that's in order to get the winning fighters with good scores, you need to spend the salary, and the nut lineup will be much closer to 50K. Phil Lower in chat says, Is fading Sarukian a good idea? There's no there's no good ideas or bad ideas. Okay? Phil must be new here. It's a matter of if you play Sarukian, what does the rest of your lineup look like? And if you don't play Sarukian, what the what does your lineup look like? Both are fine, right? Sarukian is going to be very is going to be the highest owned fighter on the slate, even at ninety eight hundred. I have him at sixty two percent owned, projected owned, somewhere around there. So having a, remember sixty two percent of the lineups are going to have him in there. So like if you're if you're going to go plug in, let's say Sarukian, right? We take a look at like Manuel Torres, like the most popular construction is going to be one nine k fighter, and then a bunch of in the middles, right? So like Torres. Lawrence, like Vittori, right, Bondar, and 6700, maybe Fernandez, right? It's like, like this is going to be like a popular construction. Taking Sarukian, taking two or even three 8K fighters, including one of the main event fighters, right? We have Kananir and Vittori. That, uh, assuming Canoneer doesn't knock Vittori out early, that fight should go pretty decently. Vittori's really, I don't know, really not known as, you know, complete finisher, even though Cannoneer has been knocked down a bunch. Uh, he's more likely to wrestle Vittori, but, I mean, we've seen a lot of his fights where he probably should be wrestling and he doesn't, but he's not bad on the feet either. But most likely it'll be some type of lineup like this. and Torres, Lawrence, Vittori, Bondar, Fernandez. And maybe if you don't play like Bondar, you're playing like Lucas Almeida, instead and 7500 is you know is uh maybe playing Kang Ho Kang here because you can not you're not going to play Arguetta against Lawrence right something like this right 234% what we have currently at projected ownership here at roto grinders like you don't want to play this lineup it's not like like if you're going to play Sarukian don't play this lineup right look look at look at the ownership sum look at the ownership product Look how many duplicate you're going to have. This this lineup is going to be duped 30, 40, 50 times. I mean, whatever. Right. That just completely destroys your EV in the contest. Right. And even if, even if you win first, you don't, you don't win a hundred thousand. You don't even win five figures. You're, you're going to win $2,200 or something, whatever, whatever it's split amongst 50 people. Right. You don't want that. Right. If you're going to play Saruki, now you have to like, okay, well, I'm not going to play him with Torres. I'm not going to play him with Lawrence. Maybe I don't play a main event fighter, right? You find different combinations, right? You go to Sirukian and then, then you figure like, well, Christian Leroy Duncan is going to be owned also like Carlos Hernandez is going to be quite low owned with the line flipped like that. And Carlos Hernandez probably in a win doesn't score as well, but who knows? Mondar got knocked out his last fight. So you never like, you play a 10% on Car- Carlos Hernandez, Right, you look at this. Maybe you go, maybe you play Saruki and Ann, one of these other nine K fighters. Right, maybe you play Alessandra Costa, even though he's thirty four percent owned with him, or you play Teresa Blada against Fernandez at ninety five. You try to fit both of them in. Right now, I mean now now you're getting a little little iffy. You have to play, you know, like Jimmy Flick. Well, maybe you're not playing. Yeah, Jimmy Flick against Costa. Right, do something like this. Costa seventy eight hundred left. Right, you play, you know, Nicholas Moda. I mean, I'm play all the guys against the guys that are going to be owned, ultra leverage, and then you got 8,300 left, and maybe you play Cannoneer or something like that. And like, if you're going to play Sarukian and you're playing this lineup, then that's fine. Then then you're good. So it's not a matter of do you play Sarukian or not. If you if you if you tune into the show often enough, you know you know the the one of the top phrases. Right? One of them. One of them is play whatever you want. Right. Everyone knows that one. The other one is lineups, not players. So it's not who to play, it's what lineups to play. If you're going to play Sarukian, you want to play a lineup that's more like this. You're going to have to really because you're going to be sharing points with 60, 62% of people. So you have to you have to find points that other people will not have. And then if you don't play Sarukian, now, now that opens you up. Right now, maybe you can't. Now, you can play more of Torres or Lawrence or Christian Leroy Duncan. Right. Maybe you still play You play Teresa Bleda instead at 9,500. Or you play, if people are going to play Almeida below, you play uh, Sabatini. Right. Sabatini. You could still play Torres or, or Lawrence. Maybe you play Lawrence, but you play Moda against Torres. Right. For leverage. You have 8,300. Right. You're not playing Sarukian in this lineup. Maybe you still play Carlos Hernandez against, you know, the leverage against Bondar, right? You could even play Vittori, even though he's he's owned, right? And you got the 8,600, right? And you could still play, I mean, maybe you could play a lineup like this. Like you do have like three fighters that are projected to be over 30% owned, but you don't have Sarukian in your lineup. And you have a 10% owned Hernandez in your lineup. Like this would be a lineup that doesn't have Sarukian that you could play. Still a 50K lineup, so probably not going to be unique. But maybe it'll be under under 10, under 5, as far as dupes are concerned. Obviously, the smaller the field contest that you play, the less likely the lineups are going to be duped because there's less lineups out against you. But that's how you should be thinking. That's how you should be thinking regardless if this is MMA or MLB or NFL. Don't think of who should I play. Think of what lineups should I play? What lineup should I not play? So it's not about players. Well, I'm going to play this guy and I'm going to play that guy, and then I'm going to figure out with the rest of my lineups. Like, no, think of lineups much more holistically. Mike Ostre said, "Better be a single bullet." Also played in every other GPP if you're going to be splitting, you know, twenty two hundred dollars. That's correct. Like if you're gonna play a lineup like that, it's much, it's it's much. It would be much better to play them in in smaller field contests. If you're gonna play a lineup that is predicted to be duped fifty plus times in large field. It's probably not good to even play it in small field, but it's much better to play it in the five fifty five, where it may only be duped five times, which is still which is still awful, for there only being like three hundred entries in the contest, and he's still to be duped five times. Now we talked yesterday on the show. About duplication prediction, right? Because a lot of this is tied into salary. A lineup that has an ownership sum of let's say one eighty for this MMA slate is is much different than another lineup that has a uh, ownership sum of one eighty that only spends forty eight thousand dollars, or even like forty nine two versus a lineup that spends 499. The 499 lineup is much more likely to be duped more than the 492 lineup. Why? Cuz more people tend to spend more, more of their salary. 180% total ownership in 488, 492, 494. As you go down in salary, is much less likely to be duped exponentially versus lineups that 498, 499, 50,000. So you have to judge that between, you know, you have, you have to include that into your judgment. And there's a tool that, that I have that I could use that does that for me. And it's part of the theory of daily fantasy sports, the theory of DFS. Oops, you type that in so you can show it on the screen. Obviously, I show this all the time. TheoryofDFS.com, part of the advanced players guide. 10 10 chapters of audio as well as all the custom Excel tools that I do use. So you can apply profitable DFS strategies to your contests. So what I will do is I will make tons of lineups. I won't, you know, I I think I'm only playing, I think, 50 lineups tomorrow. But I'm going to build hundreds of them. I mean, I could build up to 300 at once in lineup HQ. Typically, I build 600, 900. I build several sets. And then I bring them into the Excel tools and I whittle it out from there. And one of the main ways of willing it out is with a tool in the theory of DFS for advanced players. It's the duplication predictor, which takes into account that salary dynamic. It takes into account the correlation of based on the projection of what play what players are more likely to be with other players. For combinatorial ownership. It already does that for you. Okay. So I'll show you. So, for instance, what I did, all you have to do is here, you could download the players in the slate. You could download all the project, all these numbers here, you could download from Lineup HQ. We get it in the CSV and open it in Excel. And then when you build lineups, I built, I just built the top 50 whatever lineups, right? Just the f- 50 highest projected lineups. Obviously, they're going to be duped a ton. And I built 50, and you could export these also. And you could bring them in. I'm going to stop the screen. I'm going to move over to my third monitor. Right? And I put them in over here. So there's a there's a window here in the document. And this is just cutting and pasting. There's no technical knowledge involved. It's all set up for you. Just press the clear projections button and just copy. Just copy the columns. All you're doing is cutting and pasting into these columns and then you go to the lineups tab and you cut and paste into these, right? So I just exported and I just cut and paste, right? I heard this beforehand. Then you go to the portfolio check, you can reload the lineups in if you want, and it'll show you, right? Obviously this is not exact because we're basing it on the ownership. We're basing it on the ownership that, you know, you could change it. If you want to change the ownership, then feel free to do that in lineup HQ and then, then do whatever you want in the Excel tools afterwards. But based on the ownership and the salary, here's the projection, the ownership sum, and then the average amount, you know, the median value of what we should expect in a contest, you could change the field size. So the main GPP in in, uh, in UFC on DraftKings is $31,372. i am not sure why this isn't showing correctly, but I'll figure that out. But you put in the contest size and you go, okay, this lineup. Fernandez, Bondar, Torres, Lawrence, Vittori, Sarukian. Projected for 424. Median, which truthfully in MMA doesn't matter that much. 50K salary. 235 ownership sum. 79 dupes. Do you want to play a lineup that's going to be dupe 79 times? I don't. I don't. But, I mean, obviously we, we made th- the top 50 lineups. So, like, these are all Sarukian-Vittori lineups. So you can see 82, 75. I mean, out of the top 15, the lowest is 14. 14 dupes, which is I'm I'm trying to avoid that also. Right? So you can see here what all the dupes are. And you could trim the lineups by do. You could be like, oh, I want to trim, let's say I wanted to trim all the lineups that are that are that are over over 20 dupes. Right? I'm not gonna get many, right? I'm really not. So let's do 30, let's do 30, right? I could do trim 30 and I can just press the button, trim the threshold. it even show you here on the bottom how much of each, you know, fighter you have in this lineup set. So I'm going to trim to the 30 threshold that I set. There you go. Trim to threshold and it'll do that for you. There you go, done. Got rid of all the lineups that were over 30 dupes, right? Here's the 30. There you go. You're left with 20 lineups. And Now you see, you still have well, obviously you have one hundred percent Vitorian Sarukian. Bondar. You see all your your exposures right here. So what you could do with this, you could bring in a thousand lineups and start whittling them out and getting rid of the ones that are too heavily duped. You could also trim lineups by certain players. So it's like you get to a certain point, and it's like, oh well, I don't, I'm, I, I'm trying to get down to ten lineups. It's like, okay. I'm gonna trim. I don't want. I want. I want to get rid of the ones that are that are duped more than more more than ten, right? i mean, which is all of them, right? That have uh, that have what one of the fighters in it, right? I have way too much Dan Arguetta or Ronnie Lawrence or something like that, Young Ho Kang, right? So maybe I, I have the dupe threshold at fifteen, and I'm gonna trim all my Arguetta lineups. <laughs> So it'll do the same thing as it did before, trim any lineups that are over 15 dupes, but only ones that contain Dan Arguetta. All the other lineups that are over 15 that don't have Dan Arguetta, it doesn't even touch. So I could trim just those, and it'll trim those. those. Now, now I'm down to that, and my Arguetta exposure goes down. Okay? So let's do this in a little bit more more realistic, right? We're not going to we're not going to be playing the top 50 lineups or anything in large field GPPs. I'm gonna go back to the lineup screen. I'm gonna to go to lineup HQ, and I'm gonna—I'm just gonna run. Just as an example, just three. Like I'll make it like three uniques. So just gonna head. A, we're gonna get a whole bunch of different lineups. Salary dynamic zero to five. Like I could do four. I don't know if we can get three hundred at four uniques. <coughs> but I'm gonna do do three, <coughs> and I'm gonna up the randomness. 25 just so we get a whole bunch of lineups so it's not just like the, the top 50 highest projected highest owned lineups just to show you the usefulness of the tool i mean you would be going in going well i don't want to play these two guys together i don't want to do these i want to set my max ownership you could sculpt your lineup set much more in lineup hq but as an example i'm just i just want to build 300 so i'm just going to build 300 in lineup hq this should take a couple of seconds Defix says I like duping my losing lineup so I don't feel alone when I lose. Well, you have to get get around that psychologically. Me me, I mean the way the way that I play MMA DFS. Like I lose 95% of the time. That's welcome to DFS. That's GPP play. Well, how do you make money losing 95% of the time? Yeah, when I win I'm winning, I'm winning. fifty thousand, dollars hundred thousand dollars. You do that once. You do that once a year, and you're wildly profitable. But you have to put yourself in the position to do that. If you're constantly looking, well, how do I make lineups that are duped twenty-seven times? You'd be like, oh yeah, I remember when I split like three or four times this year. You know, I got ninety-eight hundred here. I got eleven thousand there. I got twenty-two hundred there. And then you look at your roto tractor. And you're minus six percent. And you go, How did that? How did that happen? Right? Because you didn't win enough. Okay, I got 216 lineups by doing this. Okay. Really spread out exposed. Okay. So it's like really spread out. So let me let me export this. Right. This is just an, this is an example, just to just so I at least get lineups that may not be duped. Right. So I'm gonna bring out, I'm gonna export it from lineup HQ. You can see it right here, right? It's not that hard. Right, X where you get an Excel. There you go. You copy, just copy all the columns, press the copy button, right? And you go, you go there, right to the top, and you paste it in. There, done. Right now, you got all 216 lineups in here. And let's say we're trying, let's say we're trying to get that. I want to play 50 of these. Okay, let's just say. Right. So I'm going to load them in. There we go. Now, now we're talking. Now we get some that are zeros, some ones, right? some lineups that are 46, like, I mean, look at all the lineups at the bottom, like leaving a lot of salary on the table, a lot of Joaquin Silva. And I don't know about that. Right. So we take a look at like our exposures and be like, you know, how much risk do we want to have on certain fight fighters? But me personally, like I do not, I'm I'm not going to play lineups that are projected to be duped, you know, more than 10 at least. Right. So let's start with that. I'd rather be under five, but let's, let's start with just even 10 right so dupe threshold is 10 and i'm just gonna trim all the ones that are you know whatever okay now finally this this, this worked up here so it'll even show you under 20s 207 under 10s 190 under fives 169 unique 130 because yeah, a lot of these zeros so yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna under five 169 under fives so give 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 me those no not in that not in that not in that box okay there we go give me give me five dupe threshold so basically i'm just gonna get rid of all the lineups that are in part of this 169 right so you press trim the threshold they're done so you can see the dupes right here's the it's sorted by projection i could sort by anything i want but now i got rid of all the ones that based on the ownership that you currently have right remember if you want to change the ownership these the, the dupe predictor is going to be different well, I think I think Jimmy Flick's going to be twice his own. Yeah, well, then he's going to be twice as duped also. I go in here and it's okay. Now I'm down to 169 lineups or something, 174 lineup, whatever it is. I need to get down to 50, right? So maybe I look and I go, how much Nicholas Dalby do I want? How much Joaquin Silva do I want? He's the biggest underdog on the entire slate. These lineups may be fine. They're under fives, right? They're fine. Right, but maybe I don't want I don't want to have risk have a third of my portfolio being Joaquin Silva. So maybe I'm gonna just going to trim those lineups. That if I'm going to play Joaquin Silva, the biggest underdog on the slate, it better be a unique lineup. It better be. I mean, I want it to be as le- less duplicated as possible. So maybe I set the dupe threshold to four now and trim just for Joaquin Silva. Okay. Well, that didn't that didn't move the needle. So how about three? Get rid. of Okay, I got rid of some. So now I'm down to thirty percent Silva. I do threshold two. Well, that didn't do it. Uh, most of these are gonna be okay. One. How about z- do threshold zero? Okay, that that knocks out. Okay, I'm down to twenty nine percent Joaquin Silva. Right. I would probably cut out some of these really low lineups, all like the, these forty eight eight lineups. I would get rid of some of these anyway in the, in the normal portfolio trimmer, the DFS has a normal portfolio trimmer that allows you to do a lot more things with the salary projection, ownership, everything like that. This is just the dupe predictor. So usually I do this in the due predictor. And then, you know, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't cut it down to 50 lineups. I'd cut it down to a hundred lineups or something, then move it into the portfolio trimmer and get rid of the, to, to get and pick the 50 that I want from there. But I look at this and I go, Nicholas Dalby. It's like, how much Nicholas Dalby do I really want? Right? I want to make sure that my Nicholas Dalby lineups are, are unique. Right? Get rid of that. Okay. So Nicholas Dalby went down to 25%. Right? I mean, there's 130 unique lineups here. So I might as well just, you know, I may I may decide to just go down to zero for everyone. But I mean, but you have a lineup like this, like Petrosian, Kang, Argata, Cannoneer, Blada, Sarukian. Duped five times, 50K lineup, 388, projection, 168 ownership. Like Maybe for diversification purposes, you're like, okay, I don't mind that lineup, right? As part of my portfolio. So you could do whatever you want in here. And if you make a mistake, if you accidentally trim lineups that you that you didn't want to trim, right? You could always press the reload lineups, right? It'll reload whatever is on, you know, this lineup screen. You could have multiple sets. Like I can make another 300 or something, and put them on the bottom here. Yeah, so, you know, I've 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 done up to three thousand lineups in the, in in Excel, and you can see how you know quickly it works. It's not it's not going to sit there for for five minutes doing stuff. The more lineups you put in, the slower it'll get. But you see here, like it's like I reload lineups, done. I mean, like the second, and then when you're done, this is all in the format just like on DraftKings. So you could just like cut and paste. You could take that. Put it back in, put it into your, you know, lineup CSV file and just upload it to DraftKings and you're done. And you're done, right? So instead of going through in lineup HQ, which you'll still need to build lineups, right? You'll still need it, right? For projections, you'll still need that. But once you get here, you don't have to go through and go, well, I'm going to make all these groups and I'm going to make all these rules and I'm going to do all, it's like, no, just make a whole ton of lineups that are representative of what, you know, types of lineups that you're looking to play, different styles, different formats, different whatever. And then you just throw them right into the Excel tools. And then that's where you weed them out. And you, you whittle them down go, okay, i can play this lineup, that lineup, this lineup's too high on, this lineup's a little too low projected. You know, maybe, maybe some of these 50K lineups, you're like, nah, now, I, th- th- that's going to be, you know, two common combinations. So you start getting rid of those. You get rid of the ones that are, you know, that will be 5,000 on the table that you don't want to play. And next thing you know, depending on how many lineups you're looking at, you're playing the 20 max, like, you know, build 600 lineups and then use these tools to whittle it down to the 20 ones that fit, you know, the ownership and salary and projection that you want, that also amongst the 20 gives you whatever risk profile you're looking for. Cause you could find, I could find, I could I could play tomorrow 50 walking silver lineups that are, that are plus EV. He just, he just doesn't win often. He loses like 91% of the time. And even the 9% of the time that he wins, he may not even score enough points that he ends up being in the winning lineup. So like those times don't count either. So it's like, yeah, he's going to be lower owned than that probability. It just doesn't happen that frequently. So do I want all 50 of my lineups like that? I mean, you can, if you don't mind the big swings playing like that. But me, it'd be like, okay, out of my 50 lineups, maybe I have three or four of them, but not 50 of them. But that's a, that's a diversification preference. That's a risk tolerance thing. You could find 50 Joachim Silva lineups that, if we played the slate out a million times, would be profitable. The thing is, it doesn't happen that often, so are you willing to lose all your money 90% of the time in order to get the one time where you win the whole thing? If you're willing to do that, that's fine. If you have a big enough bankroll to do it, that's fine. If you're only playing a very small percentage of your bankroll, I think that's perfectly viable. So it's not a matter of how much do you play, how little do you, That's all a matter of your own risk tolerance. As long as you're playing plus EV lineups, it doesn't really matter what the, you know, the composition, the the exposure of your portfolio really is from a, from an expected value standpoint. It's more of how that pay the distribution of how that gets paid out. Okay, Doc. Mike Ostry says, I wish they ended the golf tournament at the end of round one. Yeah. We got the U S open going on. Never works out when way ahead after day one. Yeah. What's the point of even sweating it at that point? Like, dude, dude, I've, I've been in the top 10, right? In large field GPPs. I've been in the top 10 heading into Sunday, right? So at the end of Saturday, I'm in the top 10, top five, or when I did play PGA DFS a while ago. And then not even cash. Just like literally not even cash. Like not even come, not even not cash, not even come close to cash. Like coming in like, like in, in like the, the lower 45th percentile, like just not at all after being in the top 10 after Saturday. So like the whole point, like yeah, and, and the other things happen also. I've come in the top hundred with lineups that were like nowhere near in the money heading into Sunday morning. So like golf really doesn't matter. I mean, the cut matters, right? You want to get six, six golfers through the cut. That That's really your only concern as of, as of, as of on a Friday. And then nothing matters until, you know, like, the afternoon on Sunday even. Right. Mike Ostray says it's, uh it only works in golf when you come out of nowhere and all of a sudden have a sweat late Sunday. Right. It's not sweating. It's just knowing that the money in currently winning is going away. Well, it's, it never was there to begin with. Maybe that's a better way of thinking about it. Right. When people said that, you know, when when someone is like holding first place in some contest. And the late games in NBA or the NFL 4 p.m. games are starting. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in first for 100000 And then they end up in like, like a 10th place for $1,000. bucks. they are like, ah, the late games cost me $99,000. It's like, no, it's just that's like, dude, what happens if we just played the late games first? And then the, the, you wouldn't feel like that. You would have never gotten to first without it. So you, you were never there to begin with. Just you're looking at things chronologically. You just, you have no control over it. So all you're seeing is things play out. When, oh, the guy getting the basket at the end in showdown, I would have won 50,000 and I ended up with 2,000. Why did he have to hit that basket? It's like, well, how about a basket that was like in the first quarter? That if that guy missed that basket in the first quarter, you would have stayed. You would have You would have won first place. I mean, like. You're just viewing things chronologically, but you can't change the order of things happening. So the difference between not even watching anything, right? You watch all the games are over, and then you look at your lineups. Like, there's no difference between that and you watching it go up and down. It really doesn't matter. If you think of it like that, you'll wonder, like, yeah, I know, sweating the games are fun. They they don't they don't do anything, right? It's it's technically wasted time that you could be doing something else. Unless you unless you're, unless it's NBA and you're late swapping a ton and you gotta run stuff. Yeah, sure. But like MMA, like once the slate locks at seven tomorrow, like there's nothing I could do. Oh, this guy would have won at this like it's we just happen to be watching the fights in chronological order. But it's no different than me just waking up tomorrow the next day and going, How did I do? Doesn't matter what the order is I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known someone would have said, oh, you were in first place for three to three fights and then the, this fight happened and you got knocked out. okay what, what what's the difference if those other three fights started and I was never in first and I never even came close to it. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing and fine, I get it. It's fun to go and watch your things go up and down. yes, it's fun, but don't let that. At least in the future, in future slates, affect the decisions that you make. I mean, I've seen I've seen so many people on like Reddit. It's like, dude, it's always a late game. Like whenever I build lineups in NBA, whenever I build lineups in MLB, I always, I always have a late player. So I just noticed that like anyone that wins, it's always it's always with a late player. It's like that's that isn't even true. It's just that they watch things out chronologically, and it's more likely that. Yeah, if there's four baseball games going on at you know on the West Coast, that, you know, unless one of the early games went off for 18 runs, like, yeah, they they any of these four games have a chance that one of the players is going to be in the first place lineup on one of the thousands of lineups that are available, so the people just take that and go, oh, okay, I got to play late players like that. It doesn't make any sense. It has no logic to it. So don't do it. Don't do it. But you, what you should do Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month, right? Listen, get the Ground and Pound podcast. Get the expert survey for MMA. Get our projections, which we'll update, right? We'll, we'll, we'll update the ownership probably tomorrow morning. Projections will change. So you get these numbers, right? You could build the lineups in the Lineup HQ. One of the best lineup builder optimizers in the industry that I use. This is what I, I'm showing you what I do. I'm not trying to pitch you on something that I, this is literally what I I use roto grinders. That's, I used it before I was even a host here. I was a subscriber. See, the combination of of this and the theory of DFS tools, custom Excel tools, I have available in the advanced players course, 10 chapters of audio. I mean, obviously get the first one before you get the second one, right? This is the advanced version. This is the fundamentals version. I don't want to call it the beginner's version, but you got to understand the concepts in the first one before, you know, we start applying them in the second one. And then this is what I do, right? I build a whole bunch of lineups, trim out for duplication, right? Figure out what my risk tolerance is on certain fighters and then, you know, submit my lineups and hope for the best. Hope for the best. I hope for the best for you. Not if you're in my contest, right? Don't dupe me. Don't do. If I'm going to be duped, okay, the better way of putting it, if I'm going to be duped two or three times with a lineup tomorrow, I hope it's one of you, okay? That's at least what I say. So I I, I admit that not all my lineups are going to be unique. They should be under fives, but they're not going to be unique. So two, three, four people may, may duplicate me in certain lineups. And, and if that, those lineups win, I hope it's you, okay? Typically, I say I don't want you to dupe me at all. I want to win the whole thing solo, so don't do it. If you're if it's a unique lineup, then don't play it. Right? You don't know what that's going to be. Whatever. So seven o'clock lock tomorrow. uh, Me and Mike will be doing uh, MMA crunch time a half an hour before lock, uh, going through. Uh, You know, after I do actually build lineups, go through and you know who's overowned, who's underowned. You know, did other other considerations. On ceilings and floors of certain fights, and obviously we've got to see weigh-ins. You know, you never know. We never know. You know, we never know. Someone misses a weight weight cut, or you know, eight pounds over, and another fight gets canceled. So you never know. Maybe we, maybe we'll be down to eleven fights. Maybe we'll be down to nine fights. Maybe the whole thing, it just the, the apex. There's a flood there, and the whole thing gets canceled. Who knows? Right? We never know with the UFC. Let's keep it to 12 fight. Now I'm begging for 12 fight cards. Before, it's like, okay, come on, 14, 15 fight cards. Let's do it. Now I'm begging, please hold to 12. Hold to at least 12. So then we don't start getting, you know, 11, 10, 9 fight cards with, like, super 147-way, you know, trains winning. And, like, you can't find any lineups that are under fives. You know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. So please, please, UFC. And please hit that thumbs up button. Give me the thummy thumbs on your way out the door. Hit that subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know whenever we go live on the channel. We got MLB stuff coming up today. We got the US Open. I think Noto's doing some uh, some, uh, round two, round three, round four showdown type of content. Uh, So stick around, have some fun, win some money, and I'll see you on Monday where I answer your DFS strategy questions like I always do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.